Warning, this podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. The Movie Virgins. I'm Lindsay Schaefer. And I'm Leah Bross. And this is Movie Virgins, where we describe for you in vivid detail our first intimate encounters with some of the best and some of the worst movies of all time. And this week, I've selected Thelma and Louise because my BFF, or as I like to refer to her, my same-sex heterosexual life partner, hadn't seen it before. That's me. So that's what we're going to talk about today. The first time that I saw Thelma and Louise when I was when I was a kid. So this movie came out in 1991. Um, I would have probably been in the fifth or the sixth grade. And I watched it at home. This was a period of time when my mom would go rent movies. I didn't get to see a lot of R-rated movies. I don't know why she decided it was okay for me to watch this movie. I also, apparently at the same year, because I remember very vividly watching Silence of the Lambs with my mother... So, couldn't watch horror movies like Pet Cemetery, but could watch these R-rated movies that she had selected. Um, and I think there were lot. I know that there were lots of things in this movie that I didn't fully understand. Um, because I was young and kind of sheltered. I mean, there are things I didn't understand just last night. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad movie. I didn't say that before. Okay. Um, so my mom was into action films, but she also had this kind of like, my sense of feminism and... Female empowerment, all that comes from her. Um, She was born in 1950. She lived through the 60s and 70s. Um, So my first watch was, I'm watching with this with my my mom. I don't have a lot of understanding of what's happening, but there were parts of it that I remember liking. Um, And I recalled all of this when I was watching it again, that I remember liking these different parts of it, which we'll talk more about. But... um, I think the main thing for me was the end didn't seem very dark to me at the time. Hmm. It didn't strike me as dark when I was a kid. And I think that's because I just, I, I'm not an adult and I didn't have an adult frame of mind. So you don't have the concept of life and right. death. And everything on TV and movies is just fantasy to me, right? So it doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to be dark. It's just like... Yeah, that's just, you know, they just drove off the fucking Grand Canyon. And then they lived happily ever after. (laughs) Um, I do think that it resonated with my mom somehow, though. She never talked about her life before us very much. And I think it was a hard life. And I don't know what her experiences were. But I, watching it again last night, I'm like, yeah, I get it now. It's like, fuck the man, fuck men in general. And, yeah, she probably had some situations in her life that she wanted to shoot dudes. So, 
maybe that was part of the reason why she liked it so much. Like it was women kind of going like, fuck this and we're going to do whatever the fuck we want. Although I have a lot of thoughts about how they did it. I, yeah, I am not a big fan of female empowerment requiring violence and crime. I feel like there are better ways for us to show that we're real people than just shooting someone. I also was thinking to myself, like, is this, is this what the meth is the message that like, if women get any kind of freedom, like this is what happens. Mm -hmm. And to be clear, there was a lot of, you know, losing, like Thelma lost her mind. She went crazy. (laughs) So is that another part of that aspect of female empowerment that you only really become, you know, with it when you completely lose control? Is that what you're trying to tell me? So, yeah. Um, And the only other thing I have to say about this is that you should all talk to your parents while they're alive and learn as much from them as you can because I can't go now and ask my mom, like, why do we watch that movie and what do you think about that movie? I would love to, but I just can't. And I would love to talk to her about the things that happened to her in her life that maybe made this movie resonate so much with her. Um, and I don't get that. So, kids, talk to your parents. That took a little bit of a turn, but good message. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, yeah. like, when I was watching it last night. So, yeah. Um, so, what, so, what did you think? I, uh, I thought, you know, sure, it's a little bit dated. That's fair. 91. 91. I mean, I, so I obviously knew about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew the end. Mm-hmm. I knew the Brad Pitt. I mean, I had a concept of what was going to be involved with it. I had just never actually bothered to sit down and watch it. Um, overarching things for me, first of all, like I said, I, I am not a big fan of female empowerment needing to involve the murder of someone, which granted I would say it was, I mean, manslaughter at best, not really murder, but still, mm-hmm. I, uh, I feel like there are better ways that don't necessarily need to involve pushing back violently against men just to show that women are real people who need to be taken seriously. But couldn't it have just been, like, and, like there's so much violence in action movies. I guess I was wondering if you, so you didn't read this as just a regular, like, People die a lot in, like, the Marvel universe. Like, shit happens, people die. Actually, most people don't die. I guess, I, like, they survive just a action lot. movies in general. Okay, I haven't sure. seen any Marvel movies, so I should probably shouldn't say yeah, that. But, exactly. But action movies in general, there's lots of violence. There is, there is, but that wasn't how this was brought about. This wasn't really a, an action movie. It was a movie right. about a singular violent event mm-hmm. that spiraled these two women out of control. Um, also... I don't know if vacation was in control, but keep talking. In the end. I... Uh, here, here's my thought on Velma in general. <laughs> Horrible person, terrible friend. Man. Trouble. Pure trouble. Pure trouble. Every time she opened her mouth, I was like, well, she's just gonna fuck shit up again. And what happened? She went and fucked shit up again. Like, oh, I told you, I don't want to stop at this place. Well, I want to stop here. Well, I told you we probably shouldn't drink. Well, I wouldn't drink. Well, I told you, you probably shouldn't go dance with this guy who's obviously an asshole. Well, I'm going to go dance with him. If I had been there, I would have told you not to go out to the parking lot, but I'm going to go out to that parking lot, too, and I'm going to go have some fun. So, I was thinking... I told you to stay away from the Brad Pitt. What happens? You go and fuck Brad Pitt. I shouldn't have had to tell you not to leave him alone in the room, but still, you left him alone in the room with my money... I told you, um, okay, so I never actually specifically told you not to commit armed robbery, but again, I feel like that's something I shouldn't have to tell you. So, in her defense, 
you're you're talking about this woman who told her to do all these things, and that woman is the one who like shot the guy. Yeah. So I was thinking about which one of us is Thelma and which one of us is Louise, and you are you are Louise. Because you were the person who, if you had a gun in your hand and somebody said, like, what did he say? Like, fuck you, suck my dick. Suck my dick you'd be like, blam. So you're dead. here's the thing, because I thought that as I was watching it. I'm like, that's you. He, yeah, he said, suck my dick. And I was like, shoot the bastard. But I was thinking <laughs> in the leg, <laughs> not in the chest. Not in the chest. Also, can we talk about how it was like a 38 caliber bullet? She's a damn good shot. Oh, uh, let's talk about when they were shooting up the truck at the end. <laughs> Especially the one who has never fired a gun in her life mm-hmm. because she was scared of it and refused to, and she blows up the damn tanker. She learned about it on TV. Right, mm-hmm. right. It was fun. It was still fun to watch. So, speaking of some of the things I didn't understand, <laughs> also not quite clear on, I guess we can get into some of the details later, but I'm not quite clear on why Louise decided she needed to have these ongoing conversations with a cop. Like, I'm just going to call up this detective. He seems like a nice guy. And we're just going to chat a little while, even though I know they're bugging the phones. And I think it was because they just needed Keitel to have some more moments in the movie. Basically, all he was doing He did nothing was, in this movie. No, he, he walked around and he kept calling these full-grown women girls. That wasn't irritating at all. Don't you shoot those girls. But he was their only ally. Which I don't understand. At the point, he's on the phone with her and he's like, Louise, I feel like I know you. Really? How did you get that impression? Was it the 30 seconds we spoke two weeks ago? Well, I guess it was yesterday because this whole thing happened over a few days. Mm-hmm. But really, after like our 30 second long conversation and after meeting my best friend's shitty husband, mm-hmm. you feel like you somehow know me. So I went to the internet after I watched this movie to like read about it. And because I was thinking there were some problematic things about how these women are portrayed. It's written by a woman and it actually won for best screenplay that year at the Oscars in 92. Mm-hmm. It was also, these two women were nominated for Best Actress that year in the Oscars. And, and they I thought both they were... lost to Jodie Foster from Silence of the Lambs. Lambs. Yeah. And, and I will say, Susan Sarandon's always great. Mm-hmm. Um, Gina Davis, also always great, but definitely she was incredible. And one of the reasons I can tell that she was so wonderful is because I truly hated her. I truly, mm-hmm. I, and I feel like had I known that person in real life, she would make me crazy too. So she definitely did embody that really immature <laughs> oh yeah she did a great job with it i just was thinking about watching it and thinking that there's some things about this that i just doesn't feel they it doesn't feel right to me that turn that louise has where she goes from like fully in control to like it's out of control and she keeps saying like we need time to think and then it just keeps going and going and going and i'm like i didn't feel it didn't feel real to me and i was like did this did a dude write this? No, dude did not write it but directed by ridley scott so then i'm like okay well maybe the dude got his hands on it and the opening scene, I, I'm i like, this is so gritty. Like, that was the feeling from the beginning that it was going to be this kind of gritty, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, it's filmed in the desert, like, that kind of feel. The music, I loved. The music was great. There's Hans Zimmer. It was Hans fucking Zimmer. Yeah. I wrote it down. Hans fucking Zimmer. Like, as I'm watching the opening credits, I'm like, there's all these people that I know oh, and all yeah. these names that I recognize. And I was like... This was like a big deal when it came. It must have been a big deal when it came out. I, I was. I remember it being a big deal. But you didn't watch it. Well, no. I was a child, so. There was I was a child, and I watched oh, it. Oh, I'm sorry. In my childhood, I was busy watching things like Kickboxer and Bloodsport. <laughs> so sorry I missed out on yeah. the female empowerment mm-hmm. violence. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what else? Like, uh, 
what else spoke to you or didn't, didn't speak to you, you know I guess? I, I guess the thing, so you were talking about um, Louise's turn. I, I actually understand that, that in the heat of the moment, she was 100% in control, and then she took a step back and thought, oh, shit, mm-hmm. I just killed a man. Mm-hmm. Now I need a minute. Like, I, I understood that, and I got that. I think the transition I had more of a problem with was later on, uh, after her best friend commits armed robbery, for example, and she's laughing about it. Where did that come from? That's yeah. what I don't understand. When they like completely go out of get out of control. Exactly. And, and I understand and... kind of I do understand Thelma kind of losing her mind because mm-hmm. she did go from honestly she's a child, really. Yeah. And I think they did a good job of showing that that you know, yeah, I got married when I was 18. I had never been with anybody else. She'd obviously been just kept in this cocoon, this mm-hmm. life where she wasn't really allowed to grow and then as soon as she was free, she broke out and lost her freaking mind. I get all of fast that. Fast learner, that girl. Very fast Quick learner. Quick yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like Louise had a trauma in the past that led her to that's some of these she, bad that's decisions. Exactly, that's exactly what, like... And I get that 100%, but I feel like she... Her personality changed mm-hmm. in a way that... It didn't seem true. Yes, it didn't, it didn't really it, make sense to but me. But I... It, it sort of did. So we don't ever get the full story of she says she doesn't want to go back to Texas. Mm-hmm. All She's really good with the gun, which, okay, lived in Texas, fine. But there were all these things that happened. So she nails the guy with the thirty eight, kills him dead. And in, in the moment, I'm like, okay, she's been assaulted. Like something's happened to her, but sure. what is it? And then we don't get it. And I had forgotten until the very end when they have this conversation. And, and Oh, I like, got it as soon as she said she didn't want to go back to Texas. Right. Well, but then she's saying she doesn't want to go back to Texas. And she knows how to evade the law. And she seems really smart about the steps that the law is going to take. She's like, you're going to call your husband. And as soon as you get on the phone, you need to figure out if, if the police are there or not. Which, oh, I'm also not 100% sure is real like but uh, she would be that on the up and up some, about no that the cops would even really the cops they would, would show up the and tap the phones yeah oh, it so was the 90s. some asshole gets shot in a parking lot of a seedy establishment <laughs> in the middle of the night and you're gonna go and tap some woman's phone some woman who has after, was zero this? criminal records was, and she's never been in trouble before was it after the, the only thing no it was before that the only thing that they had to go off of was a waitress saying that these two right. women were they would dancing with right. That was the, wait, the flirty waitress. And she even said, I don't think they had anything to do with it. I, they may have seen something, but I mm-hmm. don't think that they actually would have done this. So really what you have here are two <laughs> potential witnesses, neither of which have any kind of criminal record, mm-hmm. and you're going to go after them like this and, and tap the husband's phone. So and, that's the thing. I feel I like... So. And involve the FBI. Thelma, there's something about... Not Thelma, but Louise... The Susan Sarandon character, mm-hmm. her avoidance of Texas that made, why would you avoid the entire state because you were sexually assaulted? She probably can't go into Texas for other reasons. I No, I was thinking that, that maybe she's uh, shot another guy in the right. chest before Did too. Did something that, so, and I kept waiting for that to come out for, mm-hmm. for the FBI, for example, to be like, well, we found a link between her and an unsolved murder from 15 years ago. $6,700 just sitting in the bank. That's a lot of money in 1991. I think... She was hiding out in Arkansas or wherever the fuck they were. I couldn't figure that out. And then it I was, think they it was it at some point. So I think she's hiding out. She's got a lot of money saved up. And she's ready to run if need be. I think she's played it out in her mind that this might be something I have to do. And then when it happens, she's got her fucking dumbass friend with her. And she's like, well, shit. Now I can't go to Mexico because I got this bitch with me. What am I going to do? And I can't leave her by herself. She was assaulted. Da, 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 da. But then it... It just felt like she knew what she needed to do. 
I don't know. That was the sense that I got. Um, so yeah. And now, Jimmy, the whole thing with Jimmy, I, I didn't understand. You know what I did love about it though, is I feel like those were some of the, the, the scene with them in the hotel room. I feel like that was one of the best scenes. Oh yeah. It was really good. When she was about to storm out and he stopped her and he's essentially proposing to her, but they will not make eye contact. Right. They won't even make eye contact. I loved that. That was, I think. I feel like that might have been Susan Sarandon's idea. They were supposed to make love or something. Really? And she didn't. She didn't want to do that. But I don't understand why Jimmy let her go. He gave her a fucking engagement ring and let her go. Unless yeah, but he I, knew what was going on with her the whole time because he was fully willing to give her that money because it was out of his bank account. Give her the money. Wire it to her. I think he knew that she was never gonna stay. What, for whatever reason, whatever right. it was she was running from, I think he knew her well enough to know that she well, was why, running from something. So then why doesn't he go with her? If why he would loves he? her that much. He has a burgeoning music career. What? Didn't he say something about well, being I able miss to that part. play somewhere? Also, was he there was to, a guitar in was, the background. Was Michael Madsen trying to do some kind of a southern accent? I feel like he might have been, and it was really tragic if I he think was. he did, and then he stopped. The, yeah. That, like, there were moments where something was happening, mm-hmm. and then he went right back to being himself. And I should him. also tell you that if I had to choose between JD and Jimmy, I'm, I'm going Jimmy. Oh, hell yeah. So hot. So yeah. fucking hot. I absolutely agree. I 100% agree. I think, and, and I'm sorry, but I just cannot be with someone who is skinnier than me. Oh, you're talking about Pitt? I'm talking about Pitt. I feel like I could break you like a twig. So in, can that, we, in that movie, to be clear, I mean, you know, now, can, sure, but... Can we talk about JD for a minute? Because I forgot how much he is in this movie. I, you know, I knew growing up, I knew that this was one of his first movies. Mm-hmm. I, of course, grew up with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from our state, baby. He's from Missouri. Hometown boy. I don't mean I literally grew up with him, mm-hmm. but I watched him and it was Growing Pains, right? Wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I know he was in some bullshit like scary movie about school, but I don't know about TV. I'm pretty sure it was Growing Pains. There mm-hmm. was definitely something he was on in the 80s. Anyway, I knew that he was in Thelma and Louise. I didn't realize, like I had always been under the impression that yeah, it was a fairly mm-hmm. small role. So I was kind of surprised when he spent that much time there and then came back again when the mm-hmm. cops found him which I'm still not clear on how any of that happened I love the scene between him and Kaitel when Kaitel hits him with the the cowboy hat but the when when Brad Pitt realizes like his character realizes he's fucked because Kaitel's like leave me alone with him and and he does the thing I, I don't know I can't do it because I'm not good with sounds but Brad Pitt makes this like kind of weird groan He's done it in almost all of his movies. It's like a groan of like frustration, and he did it. And I was like, "There he is. He was he was here all along." There are certain ways that he speaks to, and the ways he mm-hmm. pulls his lips mm-hmm. that had been him from the beginning. That was really interesting to see. He said something really funny. Um, I feel like a lot of his lines had to do with um, poop. <laughs> and I can't remember why. I don't recall. Um, uh, oh, there was something about a turd. He said he's having a turd's luck getting yeah. right. And I, I do remember that because all I could think was like, "What is a lucky turd?" Something about stink on stink. I mean, there was lots of scatological stuff. Like I was pretty, I was interested in that. Um, but yeah, so that was pretty funny. Um, I, he was great. I thought he was great as the smarmy, like teaching her, talk, talking her through how to rob. Uh, convenience stores and gas stations and then she follows it line for line and, and pulls it off yeah it was great I really enjoyed him I also really enjoyed if I, if they make this movie again and I don't think they should they shouldn't touch this one um, the scene with the cop 
where they're out in the desert. In Jason the Begg. So I saw his name at the beginning and I was like, whoa, where's he going to show what? up? What? So here he shows up and I was like, it would be so funny if it was like made now and that was John Cena. I just want John Cena to be that guy. Do you want him to cry like that? Yes, because yes. All I could think was, why are you crying? <laughs> so, why are you crying? Again, something I saw online, he made that choice to cry. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> I I'm like, is Ridley, Ridley Scott doing any of the directing? Sarandon's coming up with what they're going to do, changing the, the plot of the movie and... He's, you know, cry, deciding to cry. So, and then, and then the guy who finds him, who cycles through the desert while smoking a joint? I just don't understand it. I, yeah, I wasn't totally... Didn't get it. There were two totally different characters melded into one there. <laughs> Interesting fellow, I yeah, suppose. right. What I really didn't understand is why he stopped at the cop car. Because he didn't hear him from the trunk when he first stopped. But you very clearly saw a car... Mm-hmm. Without anyone around, with the lights going, and you're smoking a giant I blunt. Think, I think like, what? I think we're what supposed to be like, this guy's so fucking high, he has no idea where the sounds are coming from. Because when he does hear it, he's like, looking around. There's nothing around, but he's like, looking around, like, where could it be? Well, because he still had his Walkman going, too. So that it was just is, a weird echo. None of that, none of any of that made any sense. And, like, I'm sorry, but if you lock a person in a trunk in the desert in the, bra- in the middle of the day, they're going to die. Oh, yeah. They're going to die. Oh, you shot a couple air holes for him? Well, great. He lasted five extra minutes. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. I love that. And I really loved everything about the trucker. I loved they see him on the highway. Oh, man, gross. He's got the sexy lady mud flash. I did love his expression when he got out of the truck when he actually... Because the whole time I'm thinking, you cannot seriously believe... You cannot seriously believe that these women are actually going to do anything with he's you. An idiot. He's and he an gets idiot. out of the truck and he's got this look on his face like, oh yeah, it's happening. <laughs> like, da, 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 da. The, the things that they say, so when when they start shooting it up and he calls them bitches from hell. Yeah. Or like they're like, did you call us beavers? I hate it when they when they do that. It just I Those lines, I remember watching those. I remember hearing those when I was a kid. Did you understand and that they, when you were a kid? I Beaver? Fuck no. But... The bitches from hell. I'm well, sure yeah. it was really amusing to me as a child. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think the thing too, another thing that I really noticed this time around was, of course, I wasn't going to notice as a kid, but how their style changes. So, oh, like, yeah. how I'll they're that right away. Right, yeah. she Thelma comes out in the white dress, the big hair, and Louisa's got her hair up, and she's very kind of buttoned up. And then as it goes, it's like they go to dirty denim, but now Louise is wearing white, no bra. Um, just like free, just free. Unloads all her jewelry. Yeah, to get an old hat. (laughs) I know, even that engagement ring that Jimmy gave her, I assume that she gave that to the guy too. So basically the saying goodbye to her old life and turning, turning over a new leaf and they're going to go to Mexico. I don't understand the losing the bra thing. That feels like you're only hurting yourself. I don't know. She has amazing tits. Like, well, she does. I think we're all well aware of Susan Sarandon's boobies. She's well endowed. So who, so who do you think was more attractive in this movie? Of the women, the men, of the women. Um, you're saying between those two? Yeah, if you had to pick one. I've always thought that Gina Davis is kind of frightening looking. Like she, she has. Like one of those people where you can see their like skull underneath their skin very yeah, well. Yeah, and it, she just has these giant features and it's kind of a bit much for me. She's mm-hmm. a little scary to me. But she looked good. I think she looked great. Yeah. Um, and Susan Sarandon, it's funny, I love Susan Sarandon, I do. But I feel like she has always been 45 years old. I feel like she was 45 years old when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I feel like now she's 45 years old. And so she's a beautiful woman, but I think I, I still see her as being, at this point, 
in Thelma and Louise, I saw her as being older than she really was. Mm-hmm. Now that she's actually older, I see her as being younger. Um, I I really like Susan Sarandon though. Yeah, I think I think they both have the, they bring their own kind of special like juge to the to the movie. She has um, amazing hair too. Yeah, really, and like her hair is down towards the end of the movie, and like while well, where Gina Davis's hair becomes like braided. Um, like the scenes where they're driving through the desert in that car, um, like which come on, watching the sun come. Why up. did you keep that car? I know, I know. So many things I want to know, and that's the one I really want to know. Why did you keep the car? I understand from the perspective of the car. Of, you know, as, as the movie goes, it's basically a third character in the film. I understand that. But if I shoot somebody, first thing I'm going to do, well, if, you know what? In this instance, I would have gone to the cops. Because, right. okay, so they may or may not have believed that like she that was, was actually really being raped. Yeah. But you know that this guy does this kind of stuff. I mean, the waitress has said it as mm-hmm. well. And if I go to them right away and say he was attacking my friend, even if it looked like a misunderstanding, I'm still going to get comparatively I, a slap I on the I think the justification, though, is but, something we never learn, which is that Louise had a similar experience maybe, and nobody believed right. her. right. But if I commit a crime in general and have decided I need to go to Mexico, I'm my first, my really first conspicuous thing is, car. exactly, yeah. come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, good stuff. So, yeah, I, I guess, the, and in the end, like leading up to the end, um, when they're really, really on the run from the cops, like the cops have spotted them and they're driving this car through the fucking desert and like alongside the Grand Canyon. Um, and they have no idea how they got there. Oh, they, I think it's the Grand but Canyon. They're saying, like they're having this moment of like, it, it might end here. Like they're saying their goodbyes, you know, like what does Thelma say? Like, this is the best vacation ever. Like some bullshit like that. But she's also telling Louise, maybe not then, but earlier, you know, I think you were right. I don't think that the cops would have believed us. We did what we needed to do. Um, they kind of try to tie To be clear, though, she was, like, pickled in alcohol at this point. I, I don't think she was making very good decisions. Right. But I think that they're trying to kind of, like, really justify all the decisions that they've made. They are. Mm-hmm. Um, as an adult woman, I call bullshit. Like, I watched it, and all I could think was, you guys are fucking idiots. Um, but I can see how it could work... As the ending to a movie. Right. You know, like you've, if you've bought into the whole movie. We gotta tie up in a nice neat bow. I mean, right. Thelma's saying, like, she's she's arrived, basically. She's realized what she was supposed to have done her whole life. Yeah. That she's, I should have been an armed robber. Like, I'm good at it. It's, I'm cash. She's so casual. She walks over to the cop. I think I'm good the at it. In the car, and she kind of leans in, and then she shows him the gun. Just so casual about the whole thing. And then, and then, and at that point... Louise is like, she's like, shoot the radio. Shoots the wrong radio. Yeah. No, you idiot. Shoot the other radio. I mean, like, she's in total control. It completely reverses the situation with them. Um, but I liked that. I liked that. But I feel like Thelma kind of grew was up. hours before talking about how, for the first time in a long time, she actually felt like she had something to look forward to. And then she drives off a freaking cliff. Yeah. Like, come on. I feel like it's, um, it's a little bit of a cop-out, too, that the movie ends with them flying. Because let's be, and this is this is maybe me being mm-hmm. um, a little bit of a pessimist or realist, shall we say? But that's not how it ends when you drive off a cliff with you flying through the air, holding the hand of your best friend. It ends a lot messier than that. Oh well, yeah, but and I guess that they they did film it with them, like like the actual crash. Yeah, and, and 
decided not to do that. They wanted to end it on a more positive note. And that kiss in the end, totally Sarandon's idea. And yeah. said that she, I guess she didn't tell anybody that she was going to do it except for Gina Davis. And then they did it. And that, I mean, I teared up at the end. I feel like I fell in love with them and I wanted, and it's the friendship thing. Like that gets me every time. And do I think that they had to do that? No. Do I think that things spiraled out of control for them and they really didn't oh, yeah. know what to do? Things yes. spiraled fast. And they weren't thinking clearly. They were probably not eating. They were drinking a lot of wild turkey, driving through the sun. I mean... I didn't even think about the sun. Yeah, they were probably overheated. Yeah, yeah. they were having a rough time of it. Those poor girls. The the guy who plays, and I can't think of think who it is, but Daryl, mm-hmm. Donna's husband. Yeah. He was wonderful. Yeah. And wonderfully overacting. The entire time. Sure. I love the scene with, like, him and Pitt where he realizes that Pitt's fucked his wife and Pitt does, like, the classic guy humping the air thing. It's so stupid, but he was some comic relief, I felt like. I love when he answered the phone. Hey, Thelma! <laughs> oh, I know! Oh. Yeah, he knows. He knows. That was a great, that was a great moment. Um, so, yeah, I guess I do feel like there were lots of things that I didn't understand, and I'm surprised. I guess I'm a little surprised that the screenplay won, thinking that there were so many unanswered questions, yeah. or like not enough, the motivation wasn't there for characters, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I do think it, that period of time, kind of the late 80s, early 90s, there were more, there was a little bit of a shift in how movies were made in terms of dialogue, mm-hmm. and, and relying on more realistic dialogue yeah. as opposed to more just storytelling, mm-hmm. you know, using your words to tell the story as opposed to having real conversations. And I do feel like there were some there real were conversations really good, yes. that yes. happened in this, which I mean, was part of that kind of turning when point. When they're in the hotel the and you kind of, I mean, the whole movie is like one woman's experiences are mirroring another's. You're watching Thelma pack and she's shoving shit into a suitcase. You're watching Thelma pack and or Louise pack and she's dumping shit into a, like she's putting your shoes in a plastic bag. And then when they're in the hotel, She's with Madsen, and it's like the end of their relationship, right? They're moving on from each other, and then here's Thelma having this wild ride with Brad Pitt. Um, here's a question for you, speaking yeah. of packing. So the first hotel that they <laughs> stayed at, Louise is up in the room, and she's calling Jimmy, and she sends Thelma out to the pool, right? Yeah. Thelma walks out to the pool with her entire suitcase. I'm thinking, odd. <laughs> right. Why would you do that anyway? And then when she comes to find her later, she's laying out at the pool in her bikini. I'm sorry. Did you change into a bikini outside? In yeah, at yeah. the pool, which was by the way right next to what appears to be a highway. What the hell happened Let's there? Just go ahead and assume she was wearing it under her clothes. Why would she have been wearing it under her? I, don't know. I know she wasn't. In fact, because I saw her underwear when she was almost <laughs> raped. So good just point. saying. Good point. I think the the rape scene or the assault scene or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. leading up to that, you know, you're seeing her in the in the, the club in the honky-tonk, whatever, uh, the roadhouse with this guy, Harlan, who's slimier than I remember him Hmm. from being a kid. It's interesting. And she's drinking, and he keeps twirling her and twirling her and twirling her, and then she gets really sick, and I'm like, did he roof here? Like, I was wondering if he drugged her, but she just had to. I had, and that's that's an interesting thing, too, about uh, the time shift Mm -hmm. between the early 90s and now. They got up to go dance and left their drinks sitting at the table. Yep. And all I could think was, oh, ladies, you don't do that. Yep. <laughs> Maybe during that time you could. I guess because you were probably just going to get raped in the parking lot anyway. Mm-hmm. Nobody needed to drug you if you drink right. enough. Maybe that's why. Now, now are a little bit different. Right, I, right. 
Totally. But the, the line that was dancing. Interesting. The line dancing, and then I was like, it, it was the 90s. It was the early 90s. Was Billy Ray Cyrus a thing yet? Um, Ugh, I gross. feel like that was around the time of Vakey Breaky Heart coming out. Um, so, yeah, I, that whole scene was really interesting, and where it ended up, and, like, they were, they showed a lot. Like, it was pretty intense, mm-hmm. and then, you know, Louis coming up and saving her. I, uh, I applaud them for showing a lot, mm-hmm. too, in that. And then even the, the aftermath, they're in the car, and... What is Thelma doing? Like she's just been assaulted. She starts brushing her hair, mm-hmm. and and Louise is like wiping the blood off of her face. Like it's like you want to get clean, you want to feel good and mm-hmm. not gross anymore. It's just some heavy shit. That I thought was handled really well. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, there were just so many other things that didn't make sense. Shooting the man in the chest, not handling it so well, but you know that's. <laughs> she's a really good shot. She's a sharp shooter. Yeah. Well, probably should have gone for the knee. Mm-hmm. Personal opinion. <laughs> I get it. So, like, your take at the end of the day, having never really seen it before, are you sad that you had to watch this movie? No, I, it wasn't a bad movie. Um, I enjoyed it. I think, I can't say I feel like I need to see it again. It's not a favorite of mine. I had some issues with it on kind of a personal level. I had mm-hmm. some issues with it as in, like we talked about some of those sort of unanswered questions. I didn't love it, but I certainly didn't hate it. I don't think it was a bad movie. And I think mm-hmm. it was in a lot of ways really good for its time and really kind of set the stage for some other movies that I would say have done the female empowerment thing better or have dealt with sexual assault better or have dealt with, um, the issues surrounding women better but I feel like this was something that helped pave the way for that Mm -hmm. and so I can definitely appreciate it for what it was and like I said the performances are great Mm -hmm. so yeah it was it was worth watching agree minus the guy playing Daryl I feel like the performances were great Uh, he was great in his own way yeah also um the guy who ran the hotel who oh, I, I know that guy. immediately recognized <laughs> yeah. as the, Charlie's landlord from It's Always Sunny. Yeah. And it took me a good five or ten minutes to figure out who he was. All I knew is I, I knew I knew him and I could see him arguing with someone. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. Was there he's it's a silly argument. He's having a ridiculous <laughs> it's argument. Him and, it's with him somebody. and Frank. It's him and Frank. Well, no, it was him and Charlie. Oh, him and Charlie. It was when he was yelling at Charlie about needing the rent and then oh, it was geez. the gun one. Okay. And Charlie just stretches and he has the gun <laughs> in his pants and Anyway, side note. I did recognize that guy. I also recognized... And he looks exactly the same. He does. He's ageless. Yeah. Timeless. I I also recognized the the guy who was playing... Like, he was one of the cops, too. He was, like, kind of balding and, like, a round face. Oh, yeah. He's the Mm -hmm. principal from the Goldbergs. Okay. He's in other movies, too. He's been in other stuff, yeah. yeah. I recognized him. Like, I was... Tobolowski. Something Tobolowski. Didn't remember that Harvey Keitel was in this movie. I fucking love Harvey really? Keitel. Yeah. Especially in the piano when there's full frontal. Odd choice, but fair enough. Have you seen that? No. Oh, we should put it on the list. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> you want to see Harvey Keitel's penis? Well, I got you, girl. I feel like that's an odd question to ask <laughs> anyone, I suppose. But, but yeah. Um, so watching it again, I, I enjoyed the parts that I probably enjoyed just as much when I was a kid because I'm kind of an immature biatch. And... I still liked it. They're just it's frustrating to me that there are things that weren't fully explained or that didn't like weren't justified enough. That bothers me because I feel like 
this movie could have been great. Mm-hmm. And maybe it sounds like you do want somebody to remake it. No, no, I hate all the remakes. It's weird it that as, as I was watching it, I feel like maybe they were pulling from too many different mythologies. Like there's a an element of sort of Bonnie and Clyde, especially mm-hmm. in how they meet their end. And yeah, there some of the you know previous movies about things getting out of control, <laughs> um, and too many different kinds of female friendship stereotypes mm-hmm. and trying yeah. to not really get into a stereotypical relationship, but still pulling a lot from it. it. Almost felt like they were trying too much with certain things. Did you know? I guess I've never, I'd never thought about it, but then when I watched this movie, they take a selfie. The very beginning of the I movie. did. I noticed that right away. And I thought, was that the first Brilliant. movie <laughs> selfie ever? I think it I might have like, been. Have women throughout the ages since cameras? I mean, I've seen some things on the internet where women are taking, like in mirrors, like old school cameras taking selfies, but the two of them together, I mean, that's such a... I know, a, it was great. It's a to- Like, it's such a thing of this time. It was fascinating. And then, like, the whole girls trip thing was really great, too, like... The packing, you, you know, what are we going to do? The whole the whole idea of a girl's trip. Um, Which I think you're right. I definitely, there is definitely a part of me that is Louise. Because when she shows up <laughs> and Velma has all of this luggage and is just piling stuff in the car. And she's like, what are you doing with that? What do you, We don't need a lantern. We right. don't need all of this stuff. I have had those conversations with people. Like, you need the clothes on your back. I just survived six days in Australia <laughs> with... Like, three pairs of underwear and two pairs of socks. You can make it work. I mean, I washed them, to be clear, in the sink. But the point is, you don't need all of this crap. Why was she bringing all of that crap? Because she'd never gone on a trip before. And I'm pretty sure the clothes she ended up with at the end, like that tank top, mm-hmm. was not hers anyway. I feel like she was wearing the, the denim shirt that Brad Pitt was wearing earlier in the movie, but with the sleeves off. That's what she was wearing. It was, was a, it? Well, was, um, she had that like black tank top that I don't oh, even remember okay. what was on it, but I'm pretty sure they just bought it at some truck stop oh, somewhere. Yeah. Found it on the side of the road. So yeah, I would probably watch it again. Like, not, you know, probably, I don't know. Like, if this is on television, yeah, I'll, you I'll would. Watch I'll yeah. watch it. And I will appreciate it more now than I did when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure I hadn't watched it all the way through since I was a kid. And I promise you... So that assault scene, I'm sure I, I remember watching that when I was in like the fifth grade. Yeah. I don't remember the sex scene with Brad Pitt, which is maybe why I don't remember Brad Pitt being in the movie so much. Maybe at that point my mom was like, okay, you already saw this. You don't get to see this anymore. Maybe. I mean, this is a maybe house you just weren't paying attention. where I had to, like my dad was watching like um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and I would sneak down to like watch some mm-hmm. of the scenes. Um, it was, it surprises me still that I got to watch Silence of the Lambs and Thelma and Louise with my mom. I remember my parents renting Silence of the Lambs, and I sat there for a few minutes and got bored and left. They didn't care if I wanted to watch it. I just didn't. But, you know, we watched L.A. Law together. I saw plenty of, like, shower sex scenes and things. Those were the days. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts? Final thoughts are, I, if you haven't seen it, I think you should. And, um... I think that's fair. I feel more worldly now, having having seen this classic (laughs) film that I... Yeah put off for years and i i think it's something that um will live on i don't think this is a movie that's gonna like disappear i think it's gonna yeah do you do you want to go on a road trip now well yeah we're going on a road trip in october oh yeah it's not really much of a road trip though but can we please stop at some sort of club like that let's find a roadhouse and check it out i'm in for it let's do it ask around who's named harlan let's hang out (laughs) 
I'll bring my gun. Feels like a bad idea. Probably. The movie virgins. Hey people, this is Leah. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. The music in this episode was written and performed by our dear friend, Melissa Powers. Thank you so much, Melissa. Um, please find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, Podchaser, and probably any other podcast listening platform that exists out in the world. We'd love it if you'd find us on your favorite platform, subscribe to the podcast, and submit a review. We're also on Twitter at MovieVirginsPod, and we would love to hear from you there as well. We want to hear from you, whether you loved it or hated it or whatever it is.